Lieutenant Colonel Joe Albert has been with us many times. I have said that he is our military analyst. We only have until 6 o'clock, so I can't read his resume. <laughs> but but he, he joined Chief of Staff Officer 1990-97, Joint Chief of Staff the Pentagon, Washington, D.C. And this is my favorite line. Instructor U.S. Special Ops Command, Fort Bragg, instructing PSYOP, Civil Affairs, and Delta Force. Wow, I feel like I'm talking to the man from Uncle. But anyway, Colonel, thanks for being here. It's always a pleasure, Frank. And, and thanks most of all for rescheduling yesterday because of the Judiciary Committee. Uh, I won't even ask. There's you. something else, aren't there? <laughs> I'm telling you. That's oh. our Congress. We elected him. It's our fault. <laughs> we did. It's our fault. Now, we, Mark Davis and I were joking that wasn't it nice that Kim Jong-un did all this crazy stuff overnight? Firing missiles and, you know, now we got a cargo ship that has Tr been trying to smuggle coal. Breaking, yeah. Breaking the sand. He, sanctions, he knew I was coming. He knew you were coming, and I guess the, 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 the vessel was flying a flag from Sierra Leone, and then they they pulled it over, and it was all Korean sailors that were on. So let's start, let's start with North Korea. Okay. <laughs> That's always a good place to start. The, the problem, it, it's more than just North Korea, and I'm sure your listeners... Uh, can understand that there are forces beyond North Korea that are pushing this. One, of course, and the prime is, believe it or not, Iran. Iran. Every, everything, Frank, everything is interconnected some way. Uh, very simply, the Iranians are very upset. They're pulling out of their own accord and saying that they're going to start... Uh, research in building their... Yeah, nuclear weapons. Nuclear weapons again. They're doing that because they've been frustrated. The, the Russians are have pulled them out of Syria, believe it or not, and have told them to behave, so they're causing problems in the Middle East <clears throat> in other countries. They're, stirring, they're behind the uh, uprising in the Gaza Strip, and they're encouraging North Korea with regard to the missile test because they've got their engineers over there. And they're quasi being encouraged by the Chinese who are very upset with our president because whether we like it or not, Mr. Trump is not rolling over and acceding to whatever previous presidents have done with regard to trade and China. And China's getting very frustrated. Yeah, Russia, their, their economy has dropped significantly. And, and, and when he talked about the tariffs, their stock market took a nosedive. Absolutely. And the trade talks, they've, they've sent their, uh, their vice premier is leading the Chinese delegation uh, starting this week in Washington to try to redo the trade talks and get them going because Trump has said, look, we're not giving you what you want. Here's what we're going to do. And they're not happy. I would never, I would never even think to even, even give it any thought that Iran had anything to do with North Korea. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. They were behind the first missiles they, because the Iranians couldn't do it. So they had to have a, a, a proxy. Just like uh, in the war in Yemen, it's a pseudo war that Iran is backing one side, Saudi Arabia is backing the other. We were backing Saudi Arabia, and you've got different forces in play 
that people don't realize. Things are not as they appear on the surface. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, there always is. And you always have these things that we're not aware of just like that. Now, what's going to happen with North Korea? I mean, is, is the talk of denuclearization done? I mean, are they back to their old tricks or what? Well, you, you can't trust the North Koreans, number one. Uh, number two, they're... Uh, Kim Jong is very upset that he's not getting his way. He's being encouraged. Again, our friends, the Russians, are involved. China's involved. And he wants to do what he wants. And the United States is not giving in and rolling over like previous administrations have done. Now, so this, are the talks dead? No, they're not dead. They're in a stalemate right now. This is the this is bizarre. The, the Hill.com has a story here that one of the things that Kim Jong-un demanded, in addition to uh, having the sanctions relieved, he wanted Major League Baseball stars from the United States to come visit him. I mean, <laughs> well, he's, he may have his own agenda, too. Uh, the, my opinion is that Donald Trump is not a war president. He doesn't want a war. But Donald Trump is a stubborn individual, and he's not going to roll over just because somebody yells and screams and, and does things that we don't want. Uh, he's not politically correct. Yeah, no, he's not. Now, when, when I interviewed Steve Bannon um, I don't forget if that was last week or earlier this week. He said that the economic problems and the and the trade talks with China. He called it an economic war. It now, is. It is an economic war. And, it's but, a trade but you're war. You're suggesting that the trade war is impacting military stuff. Absolutely. Well, uh, Secretary of, of State Pompeo was in Great Britain. Uh, in fact, he, I think he's still there, and he told the British uh, point blank. Uh, to stop dealing with China because one of the things that China wants to do is there's a Chinese company uh, called Huawei. It's a Chinese uh, technology giant. And Britain has been talking with the company about helping to build a 5G cellular network in Britain. And the British Minister of Defense was opposed to it and he was promptly fired. And Pompeo's gone over there. Pompeo's gone over there, and he's told the British, you're not going to do this. Don't do it. This is a tragic and, and disastrous mistake if you get involved with it. Because what the Chinese do, and in fact, I've heard you say it on your own show, they take our technology, they steal it, and they convert it to their own use. Yep. And it's a major problem, and that's one of the problems with the trade war, is try to get the Chinese to obey the laws. Uh, China, don't forget, has taken over uh, part of the China Sea with building these artificial islands. They're just pushing it to see how far they can go, too. Yeah. You know, I never understood what they meant when they talked about intellectual property theft. But, uh, you know, reading up on it and seeing the crazy deals that we have entered into, where if we put a company over in China in any way, we're, we're allowed to have their engineers get into the highest levels and see everything that we're doing. Absolutely. And we were required by their law. That's right. And so they take our ideas and run. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, quite frankly, it, it's... We've reached a point where we have a president who has said, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to play by these previous rules, which were 
put into place. We obeyed them. The other side didn't. We're going to change the rules now. All right. Now, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we have lots more to talk about. Lieutenant Colonel Joe Albert is with us. It's just about 17 minutes before 4. If you want to text us a question, as many people already have, 883-0098, And, Colonel, just so you know what a couple of people have asked, um, is our military really getting stronger? Is what's happening really working to boost up our military forces? And we'll get some answers when we come back on WLK. 14 minutes now before 4 o'clock. Lieutenant Colonel Joe Albert, our military analyst, is here. We're talking about North Korea, but I, I want to interrupt that conversation because I want to ask you this now, and I'm going to ask you again after 4, and I'm going to ask you before we're done. Tell us about your project at uh, Cathedral Cemetery and what you need, what kind of help you need. Well, <laughs> manpower. <laughs> Point blank manpower. Uh, every year, Coke Conley American Legion Post 121 out of Scranton undertakes the project of planning new flags and memorial markers on all veterans' graves at cathedral cemeteries. Other veterans' organizations and volunteer organizations do it throughout the county so that hopefully every veteran's grave in a cemetery is marked and honored for Memorial Day. But uh, Cathedral Cemetery, we have over 14,000 flags and markers, and it's it's quite a project. We officially kicked it off uh, last week. We, we've only gotten one section done so far. Uh, we're getting help from the University of Scranton ROTC. Uh, Bank of America has helped us significantly. Uh, Unico is getting ready to help us. The America, uh, the Lackawanna County Bar Association said they will volunteer. So we need volunteers that we can schedule so we can make sure we're there uh, to assist and distribute the markers and flags. And we'll be there from 9 a.m. Saturday, this Saturday, till dusk, probably close to 8 o'clock. Uh, for so anyone if people that, are listening, they can just show they up. They can just show up. And if they, a group or people want to get together and come, uh, if, if you don't mind, have them contact your station and get the information, and you can get Absolutely. it to us as opposed to them trying to track us down. I yeah, think it would be so easier. So if we have a Boy Scout troop or some a church, exactly. or they can contact us. You can just call uh, call our business office, 883-9800. Ask for me, and we'll get that information to you. What, what about for Memorial Day? What do you got planned? Well, well it's, it should be a a fascinating Memorial Day program this year because I'm not having any politicians. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's not an election year. No, I usually I can get a congressman or U.S. senator, but we've decided to really go back to what Memorial Day is, which is to honor those who have made the supreme sacrifice in defense of liberty for this country. And this year we're having a gold star family as our principal speaker. Wow. To tell what it means to them and what it's like to be a Gold Star family. Now, where and when? And it will be at Cathedral Cemetery at 10 o'clock on Memorial Day. The Northeast Pennsylvania Marine Corps League will be there to render appropriate honors. And it should be, I hope, a very interesting, worthwhile, and productive program. And people need to remember exactly what Memorial Day is. It's not a day to go out and buy mattresses and have a barbecue. That's a side effect. It's a day to remember 
those who made the sacrifice so you could do that. And that's what Memorial Day is all about. Absolutely. Well, we're going to repeat that information on both, uh, you know, a couple of times throughout the program. But let's get back to uh, military stuff. A bunch of people, you know, want to know how, what, what is the status of our military? Uh, you know, a lot of money has been spent. Are we building it up? Where are we right now? Well, we can break it down into three parts if you, for general purposes. The Army, Navy, and Air Force. And the Marines were including, whether they like it or not, as part of the Navy. But from the Navy standpoint, it's starting to get better. They just christened the USS Lyndon Johnson, an aircraft carrier, last week. And with a new aircraft carrier, you have a new carrier battle strike group, which consists of 12 ships besides the carrier to offer logistics, support, security, Etc. So the Navy is still short a couple of hundred boats, but they're coming back slowly but surely. Congress has to get on the ball and, and appropriate the funds. They don't want to do it. The Air Force is in final stages, and they're deploying some of the new fighters. Uh, they still haven't replaced the B-52s. No, in fact, there's a story here that they, let's see, um, the Defense Department is deploying four B-52 bombers to the Middle East to counter what the Pentagon described as threats of possible attacks against U.S. troops in the region. So, <laughs> B-52. Well, we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll get into that a little bit later because there's a lot more to go on <laughs> about what's happening there. But let me just finish with regard to, to the military buildup. Uh the Marines are testing new types of tanks. The Army is getting new tanks and equipment. So slowly but surely, uh, whether you like it or not, under this administration, the military is, is starting to come back from what it was left, which was totally uh, deprecated by the previous administration. And again, politics aside, whether you like it or not, that's the fact of life. The military has had, the National Command Authority has to change uh, their strategy and policy from a two-strike conflict uh, to a single strike, which has hurt us. So we're working back to get to that capability. It's taking time. It probably won't be completed by the end of this administration, but hopefully the next administration, whether or not Mr. Trump gets reelected and the administration following, should he be reelected, will bring the military back to the uh, position it was when he took over. And it'll be a, a strong, safe military for this country. Don't forget, we've been involved in a conflict in Afghanistan for almost 20 years. He wants out. Uh, I mean, is that something we could just pull out of? I mean, it's one of those things where you probably know like a couple of sidebars and different things that are happening. Can you just walk away from Afghanistan? That's the question. I think it's 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 coming to the point where you're going to have, we're going to have to make the decision. Uh, cut it and walk away and go back to what we're we're going to do, which is secure Iraq, because that's in the middle of a conflict, too, being stirred by Iran, by the way, and Turkey is involved. And Afghanistan, the question is, is it worth it? It's, it's a useless country. It's good for growing poppies and heroin. 
there's nothing constructive or good about the country whatsoever. Anything good we've done, but it's still living in the first century. Yeah, I mean, R- Russia was there for 20 years. and it's just, That was know, there Vietnam. Yeah, right. And now we're there and the same thing. Um, okay, uh, we're going to take a break here. And then we come back. We got lots more to talk about with Lieutenant Colonel Joe Albert. So stay with us on WILK. Okay, we have one minute before we break for news. Now, Colonel, you said you have something that you can cover in one minute. What is it? (laughs) Well, very simple. There was a cyber attack in Baltimore. And the city of Baltimore was hit uh, by a cyber attack that paralyzed the entire computer system for this city. Uh, It was similar to one that was done in Atlanta. And that was caused by Iranian terrorists. Come on. No. A cyber attack? A cyber scary. attack. That's scary stuff. That's now, very scary. Is, we can is, talk more about that after the news. Okay, we will. <laughs> what a, this guy writes better teases than I do. <laughs> All right. Lieutenant Colonel Joe Albert is with us. Now, he is retired but served as a part of the Joint Chiefs of Staff for a good part of his career, and we always bug him to come in and talk about all kinds of stuff military. Now, Colonel, you you mentioned something before the hour, and boy, did we get response to this. Iran is behind cyber attacks? Absolutely. They were behind, they, they, FBI proved they were behind a cyber attack that occurred in Atlanta that crippled Atlanta that didn't get any publicity uh, back in 2018. And they were Iranian hackers. They're very good. Uh, The Iranians are not dumb. I guess not. They're just stupid. (laughs) Uh, And they just a couple of weeks ago did the same thing with the city of Baltimore where they hacked into their computer system and paralyzed the city. And uh, they didn't, obviously, they didn't want to publicize this, but uh, it was a shocking effect, and it, it brought them to their knees, and they had to start remembering how to use typewriters and pencils and pens and, and telephones. And about, about 20 different texts want to know, are we prepared to handle cyber attacks then? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not an expert, but it scares me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, no, no more than you can stop an isolated shooter. Wow. Now, Venezuela. we got to talk about Venezuela. Okay. <laughs> the problem in Venezuela is uh, you had a coup attempt. And you had Maduro, who we do not care for, but has two significant friends, the Russians and, believe it or not, Turkey. Uh Turkey is, they're dabbling, they're trying to find a friend anywhere in the world, but let's talk about what the Russians are doing. The Russians are very upset about the fact that we have, that Poland is trying to build a major uh, military installation because of the United States and our interest and Poland's security. So Russia has attempted and they've already put advisors into Venezuela and they've tried to put missiles into Venezuela. Yeah, there was a there was a Republican senator who suggested that they were trying to put nuclear missiles. Absolutely. And it's not going well in Washington and uh, we've invoked quote the Monroe Doctrine principle which 
some people have said to me, who cares? I mean, <laughs> what right do we have to institute our principles on another sovereign country. A Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs> well, that proved that. But the Cuban Missile Crisis, which people may not be aware of, one of the things that President Kennedy agreed to was the stationing of Russian troops in Cuba, which for nothing else guaranteed the fact we would never invade Cuba by the presence of those Russian troops. When the Soviet Union fell, however, uh, it was the United States Air Force that got the Russians out of Cuba because they couldn't afford to bring them home. Wow. So the Russians are encouraging Maduro. We're encouraging the, uh, uh, the individual Erdogan who actually was an opposition leader, a member of the Venezuelan parliament, who most of the world, the free world, is supporting, and the dictatorial world is supporting Maduro. Why Maduro is still there is basically he still has the support of the military. How long that's going to last, we don't know. But protests are starting. Sanctions are hurting. Uh, nobody's buying Venezuelan oil. Uh, the Russians are looking at it for their own economic and world prominence. They're not doing anything. The Russian pipeline is more or less collapsing. Uh, sanctions are affecting Russia. Uh, contrary to what people believe, uh, under the Trump administration, he's been harder on Russia than any previous administration in history with the sanctions and drawing the line. And telling the Soviet, uh, the Russians, you're not the world player you thought you were, but they're still trying. See, now, you know, I, I have thought, and I'm, this is just speculation, that Putin doesn't want Trump around. He would like to see him gone. Oh, there's For, no question. Forget that conclusion below, or the, yeah, you know, the, the conspiracy stuff. But I'm thinking, like, would that, would that be him saying to Kim Jong-un, you know, uh, stir the pot here. Make, make Trump look bad. Absolutely. Know. How far can you push the man before he goes off the deep end? Right. For better or worse, Mr. Trump has a has a, a high pressure cooker. He's not going off the deep end. He realizes. Don't forget, this is a man, and and I don't want to really talk politics on your on the show with we're, what we're talking about. But this is a man that was not a politician, per se, as we know politicians to be. He defeated 17, quote, electable polit national politicians to get his party's nomination. He was never expected to win that. He was never expected to win the presidency. If you were a bookmaker in Las Vegas, you wouldn't take a bet on the guy. And he beat the person who everybody expected to be the 45th president of the United States. Right. So we, for years, we've been saying, let's stop the politics, put a businessman in there. We did it. Now they're saying, the hell with the businessman. Let's bring a politician <laughs> back. <laughs> right. But anyway, Mr. Trump, I believe, does not want a war. But you cannot push the man. He's got a very high tolerance for push. He'll take a lot. Uh, and he'll bide his time. He's patient. And what's happening in Venezuela is the sanctions are stiffening. And Maduro is 
as long as he can retain the support of the military, he'll stay. The day he loses it, he's gone. Now, ABC News reported that he was prepared to leave and Russia talked him out of it. That's right, because they don't. he's the only uh, force they have down in South America, is Venezuela, is Maduro. He's only got two friends. One is Turkey and the other is Russia. So he's... Stay, he, the country is an example of failed socialism, totally, top to bottom. Now, someone texted it and wants to know, based on your, your talk about Iran and the cyber attacks, do you believe that Iran is sending bad people through our southern border? I don't know, honestly. I would not be surprised if they were attempting to. Uh, they are in their own world, too. Iran is causing trouble wherever they can because they want to be king of the hill. Uh, the Russians pushed them out of Syria because they were getting out of hand. Uh, they decided they'd like to stir things up in Iraq. That's why we're rebuilding our military forces in Iraq. We're, we're not moving out of Syria totally, but we're shifting forces and we're building up what's happening uh, with our forces in Iraq, we're moving from Afghanistan back to Iraq a little bit. We want to make sure Iraq is stable. We don't want Iran in there. Iran has taken the, the back route around, and they're stirring up trouble with uh, the Palestinians. They have their own Hamas, their own terrorist organization called the PIU, the Palestinian Islamic uh, the Union, that's what it's called. And they are causing trouble. They want a war, and they want to destroy Israel. That's their public statement. They haven't retracted from it. Uh, we've, Israel has offered to give the Gaza area to Egypt. They don't want it. El Sisi doesn't want it. Uh, he has no use for Iran. And Iran is looking to expand themselves and become a world power, and they'll do it any way they can. That's now, our biggest threat. Now, while you were talking, we just got a bulletin here. Trump has nominated Acting Secretary of Defense Patrick Shanahan to be the uh, the official, official. Secretary okay. of Defense. All right, we're going to take a break. Lots, lots more to talk about. 19 minutes after 4 on WILK. Now, before we run out of time, first of all, I said you were going to stay till 4.30. Can you stay past 4.30? I will stay for you. Okay, all right. Now, tell us again about uh, about Saturday. People are asking, again, Saturday information is going about to volunteer. Be a good, Saturday is going to be supposed to be a very nice day. Right. So we will be starting with our flag program at Cathedral at 9 o'clock Saturday morning. There will be somebody there. And I will be there in the afternoon, and we'll be there at least until dusk on Saturday. 14,000 Americans. 14,000 flags and markers. And if you want to volunteer or if you are if you have a group, a church group, a Boy Scout group, Girl Scout group, anybody wants to help, you can just give us a call here and we'll get you hooked up with Lieutenant Colonel Albert and his group. Uh, you mentioned something during the break, and I, I, I think people will be interested in this. We're building a, a base in Ukraine? Yes. We're, well, we're building the, the Polish government is constructed, has started construction of a military installation along their border, and they're going to call it Fort Trump <laughs> because they're, they're scared to death of the Russians. The Russians are very upset that uh, they don't have Poland anymore. And don't forget, Poland's been a, a, a treadway to Europe ever since World War II. 
and uh, the Soviets had it, and the Germans had it, and now the Poles have it back. So they're they're trying to build it up and make it secure. They've offered us the, to build the whole thing at no cost to the United States. So we've taken them up on it, and they've started construction. We've uh, the Russians are very upset. We've put planes and missiles there. Uh, it's not an aggressive move on our part. It's strictly for defense. Now, the president had a, a news conference this morning. He was talking about forcing the drug makers to put the prices of medicines on their commercials in the, in the, in the near future. And then afterwards, he started talking about stuff. And he said that he has increased the, the amount of money by billions that NATO is paying us. The, what's happened is uh, the president has gone to NATO countries and said, look, we've been protecting you ever since NATO was created. We funded it. We protected it. You've agreed to help, and you haven't. Now pay up or pull it out. And people get all upset, and they're screaming and yelling, how dare he do this? But guess what? They owe it to us. They're paying. Yeah, they are. They're paying. Germany's come up with money. Great Britain has come up with over $500 million that they, they're, they're, Two billion in arrears, but they've come up with five hundred million, and they'll come up with another five hundred million before next year. And the NATO countries are starting to uh, realize they have an obligation. And one of the key countries, believe it or not, and we'll talk about this a little bit, is Turkey. Turkey's problem, our problem, and Turkey's problem is Turkey is part of NATO. Turkey has been playing footsie with everybody in the world trying to uh, establish themselves. President Erdogan wants to be a, a recognized world leader. He's not. We have an air base in Turkey. Right. They were always, weren't they kind of cooperating with us? They used to. But he's tried to, uh, he entered into an agreement with the Russians to buy Russian bomber, Russian fighter jets. We told him politely and firmly, you're canceling that deal. If you're going to buy anything, you buy it from us, not the Russians. Wow. Uh, he's backed down. He's realized that he has no friends. Uh, his only friend is uh, Guitar. Uh, that's his, his closest ally. China told him to take a hike. He went to China and tried to make a deal with the Chinese. And uh, the Chinese uh, ambassador to Ankara, uh, a gentleman by the name of Deng Li, uh, he showed Turkey the, uh, the most frightening stick. They told him, if you choose a non-constructive path, it will neg negatively affect mutual trust and understanding and be and will be reflected in commercial and economic relations, which means, no, you don't come to us. If we want something, we'll come to you. Okay, we got one minute before headline news. I'll ask you this question. It may take a little bit more on the other side, but somebody wants to know, of every conflict, of every threat, of every problem in the world, which one concerns you the most and why? The Middle East, because Iran wants a war. Oof. Okay, with that, hang on. We'll take a break for headline news, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about U.S. support for the Middle East or for Israel, which I am. 
25 minutes before 5 o'clock. Well, Lieutenant Colonel Joe Albert is here. I said I was going to keep him until 4.30. This has happened every single time he's here. I now said, no, no, we got too much to talk about. So he's going to be here for the next few minutes anyway. And, and Colonel, you said of all the places that are in the conflict, you're most concerned about the Middle East. What do you think is going to happen there? Quite frankly, what's happening there now is that... Uh, Osam uh, Somalini, who was the uh, a U.S. designated and identified terrorist, is the next president of Iran. He was named by the Ayatollah. Uh, Iran is doing their best to stir up trouble. They want to cause a war. They want to eliminate Israel. Uh, they're not going to do it. We've moved uh, the... Uh, USS Abraham Lincoln uh, carrier with the 10-vessel strike force uh, opposite the Syrian coast to let them know we're there and we mean business not to mess with us. Uh, when you say that, do you mean w- w- would they would they would Iran actually attack Israel? Yes, they would not hesitate. If they thought they could win, they would do it. If they had the appropriate backing from what they call their allies, they would do it. The problem is. That Russia is backing off. They kicked them out of Syria. They're very upset about that. Uh, The Russians have said Assad stays until we decide to replace him. And they're not ready to replace him. Uh, Iran has said, okay, we're going to go stir up trouble in Iraq. Russia said, do what you want, but you're playing with fire. Uh, The Ayatollah, uh, they have a new head of the Revolutionary Guard, which is their special ops type operation. Uh, It's a major general by the name of Hussan Salami. Uh, He was appointed uh, in late April. And uh, it's, he was uh, cited uh, for, for trying to cause trouble with oil tankers. And that's one of the reasons that we sent the carrier strike force over there, is to let the Iranians know we're not going to tolerate any of their insurrection and we're going to stop them and if push comes to shove we may start shooting at each other and the iranians will lose the economic sanctions that we've put on iran are really hurting that country they're having they're starting to have some internal trouble the economy is not doing what they thought it was doing. They've pulled back out of their own agreement that they claimed we violated by not accepting it and withdrawing from it. Uh, they've said, as we talked much earlier in your show, they're uh, regurgitating on enriching their uranium. Uh, they've encouraged the North Koreans with the missiles. Uh, they're seeing what they can do. And they've caused trouble in uh, Palestine with the uh, uh, PLO by uh, forcing their troops onto Hamas. And there's a a ceasefire that's barely holding, but Israel's not going to put up with it. Uh, Jordan is not happy with what's going on. Uh, Lebanon is is in such a tattered mess that nobody knows what's happening, but Iran is calling shots there. Uh, Egypt is not happy. Uh, it's it's a powder keg. 
and it's being held together by very, very thin chicken wire. Now, you know, I don't hear people talk about this, but I can remember even when I was anchoring on, on Channel 16, you know, there would always be this call. Well, we need to be energy independent, energy independent, and we can't rely on Middle Eastern oil. And now we are. We're, we're, we're energy independent. Nobody really talks about that like it just happened. So what does that do with our relationship with Saudi Arabia? Uh, Saudi Arabia is being dragged uh, feet first into the 21st century. <laughs> uh, they're still a, a major player, oil-wise, in the Middle East. Uh, we are not dependent on Saudi Arabian oil right, anymore. Which is an amazing thing to say. Nobody talks about it. That's right. And we, we screamed for years, we must be, we finally are independent of international oil. We are the largest producer in the world. We have our own reserves. We've built the reserves back up that were depleted under previous administration, which left this country decimated. And people don't really realize that. We have a, a booming economy, uh, not so much for this president, but just for the attitude that he's instilled in American business and manufacturing and exploration. Speaking of exploration, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I have a couple people want to get your opinion on the Space Force. Fifteen minutes now before five o'clock. We have pressed Lieutenant Colonel Albert to stay with us for the next few minutes anyway, at least till the top of the hour. We've got lots of stuff to talk about after five, but he's going to be here, and we've got lots of, lot, lots of questions that are coming in. And, and Colonel, the Space Force... <laughs> Any any thoughts on that? That was not part of uh, of the military when you were there, but w what do you think about a space force? Well, the United States has to be able to show that it can repel an attack from anywhere, including space. And the, the space force, it's going to take a long time to build up, obviously. But we've already engaged. Our satellites are up there. They're not sitting there floating for nothing. Uh, we've worked on uh, anti-missile defense. Uh, we don't know what's out there. We know what our adversaries are capable of. They know what we're capable of. You've heard of the phrase uh, mass mad, mutually assured destruction, which is, was the theme of the Cold War for years. Uh, the Space Force is necessary. Whether it deserves the hype that it's getting is another story. To what degree is the China is is China building up their military and how strong are they they're building it up very patiently quietly and forcefully their army is the largest in the world because simply because of the population uh, they've started to rebuild their navy and try to have a blue water navy uh, and for those that aren't aware, those that have served in the Navy know what I'm talking about. But for those who are not aware, Blue Water Navy is basically an international uh, capable uh, fleet. China's starting to build that up. Their fighters are superb. They're working on their uh, space uh, forces. Uh, their missiles are outstanding. And don't forget, they've stolen a lot of our technology. Right. That intellectual property stuff. Now, we had, we had a story um, day before yesterday. We interviewed a lawyer by the name of Mikey Weinstein, who is the president and CEO of an organization called um, 
Military Foundation for Religious Freedom. And he's the one that filed lawsuit against a VA hospital in Concord, New Hampshire, because a missing man display, missing man, M-I-A-P-O-W display, had a Bible that was carried by a World War II veteran on it. And he said, you know, got to get rid of the Bible. Any thoughts on that? I will say this. Anyone that has served, and I defy anyone to disagree with me, there are no atheists in foxholes, number one. And nobody is going to uh, throw out a Bible. If nothing, it'll stop a bullet. Uh, I think it's an absolute disgrace if uh, a facility as a genetic uh, asset is using a Bible. What difference is it if it's an Old Testament, a New Testament, or even a Koran? Uh, it's right. simply if, it, if it's something that got that guy through through a POW through the war. Absolutely, it's, 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 it's a relic. It's important. It's important. Exactly. It's important. It's a standard. It was issued, and it's still being issued today by the military. Well, are we are we seeing restrictions even locally on on uh, on prayer on on any kind of religious uh, aspect? We are, unfortunately. Uh, for your listeners, uh, organizations and groups that used to meet at the Murley Center, for example, we just had a uh, a meeting there this week of the Lackawanna County Council of Veterans, and we were told we we open our program with the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag, with the appropriate honors, and a uh, a prayer, an invocation, as well as a benediction. And we were told we cannot do that any longer by order of the Adjutant General of the state of Pennsylvania, which controls the Murley Center. Uh, you cannot have prayers inside uh, facilities like that anymore. You can't, you can't start with a prayer and have the benediction? No, no you cannot do it. You cannot have mention the word God inside the Murley Center in an official capacity. Now... At at Troop, the the American Legion there will have a Memorial Day service, but they have a chaplain and he will pray. Is that allowed? Where's the service being held? Outside the borough building. Absolutely, unless the borough objects to it, or no, someone they, in the borough objects. <laughs> sure, no way. Certainly, we'll we'll have it at, at our Memorial Day program. Uh, the Jewish War Veterans will have it at their program. Uh, the VFW. Uh, Theodore Windpost will have a chaplain at their program. Theirs is at the post, not a cemetery. But so what? I mean, that's that's an individual decision based upon an organization. And for the state to come in and say, no, you cannot do this, uh, as if it was sanctioned and ordered by the state, that's a different matter. But for the state to come in, and, in my opinion, for the state to come in and say, no, you cannot pray on on state property, federal property, I think that's a little bit absurd. What about the Bradensburg, Maryland Cross? We we were very aggressive in defending that. We wrote letters to uh, to the uh, to the courts down there and everything. What's your opinion on that? I think that that too is a disgrace. It wasn't ex- it wasn't uh, enacted as a tribute to Christianity or any other religion. It was uh, placed as a memorial to remember those who died in the war, period. The fact that it was the shape of a cross, well, maybe at the time 
that wasn't the wisest thing. Maybe they just should have used a, a granite headstone. But so what? It's accepted. It's not there as a Christian memorial. It's there as a war memorial. There's a difference. Right. And, and the scary part is, and why the Supreme Court took it, if, the, if they rule you can't have that cross on that property, then that jeopardizes Arlington. <laughs> right, Gettysburg, because you'd have to take a Star of David, you'd have to take a crescent, you'd have to take a cross off all the graves. Ab- absolutely. And and the question that the court is going to have to rule, uh, I'm not a lawyer, although I've been accused of that, among <laughs> many other things. Uh, I believe that it, it you have to look at how it was enacted, why it was put up, and who did it? It wasn't as if the Catholic Church decided, well, let's put a cross here and put these names on it. Uh, there could be atheist names. It could be Jewish names. They were simply the people that died. died from that particular area that were memorialized. Uh, it's accepted down there. Nobody made a big deal about it. It was... It was there, period, and it should be there. I don't think it should be taken down. Colonel, what would you say is is the morale of the U.S. military today? I think the morale is is better than it was because I think the military realizes that they their leadership now, and I'm talking about above company level. I'm talking uh, above division level. I'm talking above... Uh, core level, uh, they realize that they are being supported, not just privately, but publicly. Right. And that's important. So I think the morale uh, for the military, for the most part, is pretty good today. Last two minutes. I want all the information about your event Saturday and your Memorial Day program. Our Memorial Day program will be Monday, Memorial Day, May 25th at Cathedral Cemetery. Our speaker this year will be a Gold Star family. And it hopefully will be a very memorable event, and we invite the public to attend. In preparation for that, we're placing 14,000 flags and markers in Cathedral Cemetery. And we can certainly use all the help that your listeners may want to help us with in planting the flags and markers, provided the weatherman agrees with the day. Uh, We'll be starting, uh, we started last week, we'll be officially uh, receiving people on Saturday because the rest of this week it's supposed to rain. Saturday is supposed to be a nice day. Uh, Next week, we're not sure yet what the weather's going to be. we may hang a few weathermen ourselves and stick pins in them if they don't cooperate. But uh, we, we look forward to working with your listeners and the audience and the public in paying appropriate tribute to those who made the supreme sacrifice. And your r- listeners must remember that simple fact. They have not died in vain. Indeed. Thank you, Frank. And I want to thank you for your service and thank you for your friendship now for about 45 years, I think. <laughs> Maybe longer. You mumbled that. I know. <laughs> Lieutenant Colonel Joe Albert. We'll be right back. 